0: Today is February 19th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer Wainwright. Happy Sunday if you're listening to this in real time. If you're not, well, happy new day to you. It's a brand new week, which means we get to make some choices about how we want to live out the week to plan or not to plan, to prep or not to prep to be intentional about our days or simply let the days take us where they will. It can be a beautiful thing when we don't have to plan every single minute of our lives out to let the day just come to us. But I am often reminded of a quote I read once, if you don't run your day, your day will run you. Now, since it's Sunday, we also get to move into a new translation this week and full disclosure, I am so happy to be out of the new King James version and I know I know people love King James and there is definitely some beautiful language throughout but woo, honey I am so glad to be out of it for a specific kind of study it may work if you prefer that kind of style but for devotional reading and oral reading It is a bit too starchy for my taste. And then also because I know that there are children listening, including my own, and people who are new to the faith or new to listening to the word straight through like this— It's important to me that we have a translation that is accessible and not overly complicated. So praise God and give it up for all the scholars and researchers who have done the work to bring these ancient texts into contemporary language that is faithful to the original text, clear and understandable. And now, without further ado, let's ask God what he wants for us and from us, and flow into this word. Leviticus chapter 7 verse 28 through chapter 9 verse 6. New Living Translation, a portion for the priests. Then the Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you present a peace offering to the Lord, bring part of it as a gift to the Lord. Present it to the Lord with your own hands as a special gift to the Lord. Bring the fat of the animal together with the breast and lift up the breast as a special offering to the Lord. Then the priest will burn the fat on the altar, but the breast will belong to Aaron and his descendants. Give the right thigh of your peace offering to the priest as a gift. The right thigh must always be given to the priest who offers the blood and the fat of the peace offering. For I have reserved the breast of the special offering and the right thigh of the sacred offering for the priests. It is the permanent right of Aaron and his descendants to share in the peace offerings brought by the people of Israel. This is their rightful share, the special gifts, presented to the Lord have been reserved for Aaron and his descendants from the time they were set apart to serve the Lord as priests. On the day they were anointed, the Lord commanded the Israelites to give these portions to the priests as their permanent share from generation to generation. These are the instructions for the burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering as well as the ordination offering and the peace offering. The Lord gave these instructions to Moses on Mount Sinai when he commanded the Israelites to present their offerings to the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai. Ordination of the priests. Then the Lord said to Moses, bring Aaron and his sons along with their sacred garments, the anointing oil, the bull for the sin offering, the two rams, and the basket of bread made without yeast, and called the entire community of Israel together at the entrance of the tabernacle. So Moses followed the Lord's instructions, and the whole community assembled at the tabernacle entrance. Moses announced to them, this is what the Lord has commanded us to do. Then he presented Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. He put the official tunic on Aaron and tied the sash around his waist. He dressed him in the robe, placed the ephod on him, and attached the ephod securely with its decorative sash. Then Moses placed the chest piece on Aaron and put the Urim and the Thummim inside it. He placed the turban on Aaron's head and attached the gold medallion the badge of holiness, to the front of the turban, just as the Lord had commanded him. Then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and everything in it, making them holy. He sprinkled the oil on the altar seven times, anointing it and all its utensils, as well as the washbasin and its stand, making them holy. Then, he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head, anointing him and making him holy for his work. Next, Moses presented Aaron's sons. He clothed them in their tunics, tied their sashes around them, and put their special head coverings on them, just as the Lord had commanded him. Then, Moses presented the bull for the sin offering, Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the bull's head, and Moses slaughtered it. Moses took some of the blood, and with his finger, he put it on the four horns of the altar to purify it. He poured out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Through this process, he made the altar holy by purifying it. Then Moses took all the fat around the internal organs the long lobe of the liver and the two kidneys and the fat around them and he burned it all on the altar. He took the rest of the bull, including its hide, meat and dung, and burned it on a fire outside the camp, just as the Lord had commanded him. Then Moses presented the ram for the burnt offering, Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the ram's head and Moses slaughtered it. Then Moses took the ram's blood and splattered it against all sides of the altar. Then he cut the ram into pieces, and he burned the head, some of its pieces, and the fat on the altar. After washing the internal organs and the legs with water, Moses burned the entire ram on the altar as a burnt offering. It was a pleasing aroma a special gift presented to the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded him. Then Moses presented the other ram, which was the ram of ordination. Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the ram's head, and Moses slaughtered it. Then Moses took some of its blood and applied it to the lobe of Aaron's right ear, the thumb of his right hand, and the big toe of his right foot. Next, Moses presented Aaron's sons and applied some of the blood to the lobes of their right ears, the thumbs of their right hands, and the big toes of their right feet. He then splattered the rest of the blood against all sides of the altar. Next, Moses took the fat, including the fat of the broad tail, the fat around the internal organs, the long lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys and the fat around them, along with the right thigh. On top of these, he placed a thin cake of bread made without yeast, a cake of bread mixed with olive oil, and a wafer spread with olive oil. All these were taken from the basket of bread made without yeast that was placed in the Lord's presence. He put all these in the hands of Aaron and his sons, and he lifted these gifts as a special offering to the Lord. Moses then took all the offerings back from them and burned them on the altar on top of the burnt offering. This was the ordination offering. It was a pleasing aroma, a special gift presented to the Lord. Then Moses took the breast and lifted it up as a special offering to the Lord. This was Moses' portion of the ram of ordination, just as the Lord had commanded him. Next, Moses took some of the anointing oil and some of the blood that was on the altar, and he sprinkled them on Aaron and his garments and on his sons and their garments. In this way he made Aaron and his sons and their garments holy. Then Moses said to Aaron and his sons, Boil the remaining meat of the offerings at the tabernacle entrance and eat it there, along with the bread that is in the basket of offerings for the ordination, just as I commanded when I said Aaron and his sons will eat it. Any meat or bread that is left over must then be burned up. You must not leave the tabernacle entrance for seven days, for that is when the ordination ceremony will be completed." Everything we have done today was commanded by the Lord in order to purify you, making you right with Him. Now stay at the entrance of the tabernacle day and night for seven days and do everything the Lord requires. If you fail to do this, you will die for this is what the Lord has commanded. So Aaron and his sons did everything the Lord had commanded through Moses the priests began their work. After the ordination ceremony, on the eighth day, Moses called together Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. He said to Aaron, take a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering, both without defects, and present them to the Lord. Then tell the Israelites, take a male goat for a sin offering and take a calf and a lamb both a year old and without defects, for a burnt offering. Also, take a bull and a ram for a peace offering and flour moistened with olive oil for a grain offering. Present all these offerings to the Lord, because the Lord will appear to you today. So the people presented all these things at the entrance of the tabernacle, just as Moses had commanded. Then the whole community came forward and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded you to do, so that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Mark chapter 3, verse 31 through chapter 4, verse 25 The true family of Jesus Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus and someone said, Your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother parable of the farmer scattering seed. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no rain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Then he said, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the twelve disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. He replied, You are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, How will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants seeds by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's Word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's Word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of thirty, sixty, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Parable of the Lamp Then Jesus asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not! A lamp is placed on a stand, where its light will shine for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Psalm 37 verses 12 through 29. The wicked plot against the godly. They snarl at them in defiance. But the Lord just laughs, for he sees their day of judgment coming, The wicked draw their swords and string their bows, to kill the poor and the oppressed, to slaughter those who do right. But their swords will stab their own hearts, and their bows will be broken. It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and rich. For the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but the Lord takes care of the godly. Day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent, And they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. But the wicked will die. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in a field. They will disappear like smoke. The wicked borrow and never repay, but the godly are generous givers. Those the Lord blesses will possess the land but those he curses will die. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Once I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. The godly, Always give generous loans to others, and their children are a blessing. Turn from evil and do good, and you will live in the land forever. For the Lord loves justice, and He will never abandon the godly. He will keep them safe forever, but the children of the wicked will die. The godly will possess the land and will live there forever. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5. A wise youth harvests in the summer, but one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. Okay, so I thought I was going to continue my focus in the Psalms today, but what's happening in Leviticus is major. Not that what's happening in the Psalms is not, as a matter of fact, this is one of my favorite Psalms, but tbh i don't know how to fit it all in so i'm going to see how this year goes but we may have to spend another year together i just feel like i am leaving so much on the table there is so much unsaid that i want to say i just want to share everything i don't know how i don't know how i'm going to figure this out but i'll figure it out anyhow what i want to talk about in the old testament today well let's start here We concluded the section on the regulations regarding sacrifices, which started back in chapter one, so seven chapters on just the sacrificial system alone. Then in chapter eight, we see the institution and ordination of the priests. Now if some of the ceremonial instructions regarding the garments, the ephah, the turban, all of that, if it sounds familiar, it's because we covered them in Exodus. But today in chapter 8, we're actually seeing the instructions being carried out. And this is what stood out to me. Can you imagine the conversation happening between two brothers, Aaron and Moses, a father and his sons, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Ithamar, and Eleazar, an uncle and his nephews, as they're all preparing for one of the most significant events in their lives. One of the most significant events in history. Now, I don't know if they knew that, but they definitely would have understood the weight of the moment. I wonder if they exchanged anxious glances, if they smiled nervously at one another, or if they took deep breaths, straightened their shoulders, and held their heads high. It was a monumental occasion. Aaron and his sons were stepping into the holy priesthood, a sacred social and spiritual standing that had required extensive, exhaustive, splendid preparations. What's more, Moses was personally dressing them for this big day, an experience that was no doubt filled with emotion and anticipation. But Moses was up to the task, as the text tells us again and again, He performed the instructions, quote unquote, just as the Lord had commanded him. Now, I don't want to completely spoil the next part of the story, so I won't go into too much detail, but here's what I will say. When we approach God, we need to come correct. We should never take sin lightly. And if we're telling ourselves certain sins aren't that deep, oh, they are. But as I heard Jackie Hill Perry say recently, We don't see it because we're too shallow. Another quote from Garrett Kale, sin only seems trivial when God's holiness seems trite. One other thing I found of particular interest were the places where Moses placed the blood, the earlobe, the right thumb, and the right big toe. And several commentators agree on this symbolic meaning. The blood in and of itself represented cleansing, consecration, and purification. The blood on the earlobe represented having ears to both hear the word of God and to hear the needs of his people. The blood on the thumb represented doing the Lord's work through serving and the blood on the big toe represented walking in the wisdom and instruction of the word. This whole system down to the very last detail is rich and replete with meaning that has transcended the ages. Do y'all see that? Let me try to explain what I see. this, This typology detailed here in Leviticus signifies for us in this present age that being saved and covered by Christ's blood should provoke our listening, our service, and obedience of God's word. In the Old Testament, God's people had to rely on a dedicated priesthood, but in the New, God's people are the priesthood. In the Old Testament, the way for a priest to come correct was through water, oil, blood, and garments. In the New, for us, the elements are all still there, but the application looks different. We're copacetic because we have been washed by the water of the Word, anointed with the oil of the Holy Spirit, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and robed in the righteousness of God. Glory to His holy name." These connections between the Old and New Testament, between the Psalter and the prophets, which we haven't gotten to yet, but we will, between creation and covenants, this is so deep to me. And it is no wonder why the Bible is the most powerful book in the world. The vitality and intricacies of Scripture is truly something to see. And I don't know about you, but I want the eyes to see it in all its resplendence. I think we sometimes fall off from reading the Bible as often as we should, because we don't have eyes to see the newness and freshness of what it offers each and every time we engage with it. We are blessed to have eyes, why wouldn't we want them all the way open? Don't hide nothing for me. I am not the one for willful blindness. What believer wouldn't want to see the fullness of Scripture? What person doesn't enjoy the novelty of an activity that is absolutely captivating? Who doesn't appreciate the thrill of a crisp page that holds miracle signs and wonders to enjoy and experience if only they have eyes to see it? When we have eyes to see, our hearts get inspired and we get motivated, we get pumped, I'm pumped. And about what we read in the New Testament today, and I'm not going to even be able to cover all of what I want to cover there, but that's okay. When Jesus told them disciples, pay close attention to what you hear, the closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more to those who listen to my teaching more understanding will be given but for those who are not listening even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them listen i'ma tell you the truth that gave me pleasure and he gave me pause We talked just yesterday about meditating on Scripture day and night, choosing a verse or two or a passage, and literally uttering the words out loud as we mull over what it means—recitation for revelation—so that we can delight in Him and desire more of Him. We talked a few weeks back about not settling for spiritual snacks, but striving to feast on all that there is to learn and discover about God. And we talk almost daily about asking God what He wants from us and for us before we flow into the Scriptures. Putting these things into practice with prayer is how we pay close attention. So when Jesus says, pay close attention to what you hear and the closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, I was like, yes, because it's one thing to read the word. It's another thing to experience it personally and intimately, which I have in the last, what, seven weeks now? I definitely have more understanding. I feel like I know the word better than I did on December 31st, and I know from December 31st of 2022, and I know from my conversations with many of you, you can say and have said the same. But the part that gave me pause was that part about those who are not listening. Even what little understanding they have will be taken away, yikes. I don't know if you've ever had a season in your life where you felt like you couldn't hear or feel God. Not a season of sin, just a normal season, but it felt like God was distant. I have. Like, I thought God had straight ghosted me. Well, now I have to go back and consider that maybe it was because I wasn't paying attention during the times when I should have been. Knowing comes from understanding, and understanding comes from listening. If understanding is taken away, knowing goes with it. And if knowing is missing, doubt starts to form, our faith takes a hit, and our relationship with God regresses. So here's an implication of what Jesus is saying here. Every time we take the truth we hear and put it into practice, He rewards us with even more truth. Conversely, if we don't accept the truth, we end up losing what we had before that is definitely not goals. listen the bible is not basic and we better not treat it as such let us pray dear heavenly father lord we thank you for the gift and the beauty of your word elevate our thinking and heighten our senses so that we are awake, aware, and attentive. We want to be diligent in making space for you, seeking your will and what you want from us in this season so that we're able to receive more understanding and more truth from everything you've shown us. And in all the ways you've blessed us, Lord, we know that you are the ultimate giver and that your desire is to withhold no good thing from us. So Lord, we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to feel. We want to be alert and active in this season. Help us not to be lulled into complacency by the comforts of our surroundings, our settings, or our mindset. Create within us a hunger for more of your word so that we can receive it with an open no mind, an open heart, and an open spirit, Lord, we ask that you help us to see your love and mercy in every act of provision that you give us. We see evidence of your faithfulness every day in the fact that we're breathing, in the fact that our hearts are beating, in the fact that we have food to eat and a roof over our heads. Help us to see these things as gifts from you, the gifts that they are, not a right or an entitlement. Lord, we thank you that you are always with us and that your presence is real even when we can't see you. We thank you that you are always ready to answer our call. We pray and ask that you would lead us and guide us. We trust you and we rest in that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And our affirmation, I will not be satisfied with partial truth nor will I settle for a partial life. I will not be satisfied with partial truth, nor will I settle for a partial life. And our aphorism? There are only two mistakes one can make along the road to truth, not going all the way and not starting. That's all I have for you today, and once again, I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you for your support in whatever way that it shows up. As I've said before, this podcast is my labor of love, and it means so much to me that you believe in me and in this work and are willing to support it. Your financial generosity helps pay for editing and production costs and all the time, effort, and energy that goes into the making of each episode. And it enables me to focus on bringing you the best possible content. I am deeply grateful also for your social generosity, your messages, your posts, your IG and Facebook stories, the ideas and insights you share with me, your subscribing, commenting, saying hi, letting me know you're here and you're listening. All of it has been a source of strength and energy, and it is just just—it is just the best feeling. I thank you for your prayers, your encouragement, your kindness, and your friendship. It is all so appreciated. I love y'all. You belong here, and we belong together on this journey. I'll be right here tomorrow. Am I emotional? <laughs> Waiting for you.